Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the booth. This is the weekly NFL show where we talk about guesses, guesses, anyone, the NFL itself. What a week in football. Um, actually, that's a lie. That's a lie. It was a tough one. It sucked. It wasn't good. I didn't like it. Didn't like any of it. Wasn't a fan. Didn't want to watch. Had to watch. Watched. But with me as always, partners in crime, Mr. Richard Reese Shonsby. Rich, how are you doing? Good. I like that now it's not like Richard is my nickname. It's like Reese is my nickname, even though my name is Reese. But I'll, you I'll take are it. Reese, but Reese is the nickname now. Yes. 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 That's what it's transferred transferred to. Exactly. Of course, we are also joined by the man himself, the myth, the legend, the fanatic, the pride of the jungle, Davey O'Doyle. Dave, how you doing? Splendid. It's been a splendid week of football. Can't wait to, to keep it going uh, into the postseason, hopefully here. Well, some of us aren't that lucky. So with that, we are going to keep rolling right on to those who most of them probably will be lucky if they make it onto this list. And those are the studs of the week. We are going to talk studs. Dave, I'm going to bounce it right back to you. You had a great week. I think a lot of people listening have an idea where you might go with this. <sighs> Give it to me, big man. Stud of the week. You got to know the stud of the week. Joey Franchise. My main man threw for 525, four touchdowns. Hey, was it the depleted Ravens team? Yeah, it was. But even that's those are professional athletes on the field, and Joe Burrow picked them apart for 525. In the two in the two game total, Joe Burrow threw for 941 yards, six touchdowns against the Ravens. Hey man, Joe's got the boys cooking. It looks like a good chance we make the playoffs and. Uh, I'm excited for the Joe Burrow era to kick off officially, and it's been good. Yeah, caught the updates, caught the score. It was a pretty good game for Joe Burrow and co. Rich. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you have to go through this, but, yeah, he's just – that if, if there's been any stud performance in the NFL this year, that was the stud performance. It was good. You know, there's some things he definitely needs to work on. There's some, some throws he was missing. It you, was... Know something, you know something that, you know someone someone needs to work on? He's not my dud, don't get me wrong, because he's good at his job. But like, hey, Wink Martindale, defensive coordinator for the Ravens, don't call out Joe Burrow when you have practice squad guys in your secondary. Like that's probably a bad choice. Bad Just like food for thought. It, it did prove out. It did prove to be a, a non-wise choice, but um, it was a tough one. Not going to lie. Not going to lie, Dave. We watched that one together. It was hard. It was very difficult, but hey, it's okay. We're here. You know, we're, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? That's a load of shit. Well, Carve, okay. Carf, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was all but a year ago that we watched a different Bengals Ravens games together, and we watched the Bengals lose a thirty-eight to seven tilt to the Ravens, 
and it did make us stronger. And this is how we rebound. So yeah, stuff to look forward to next year, hopefully here. Hopefully. Rich, I pass it to you. Dud of the week. We talk about a guy probably going into the biggest game of the year in Josh Allen with the Bills and the Patriots. This is a game for first in the division with two weeks to go. Josh Allen comes out 30 for 47, 314 yards and three touchdowns, no picks. Out on top of that, 64 yards rushing. Guy came out in, yes, the biggest game of the year for the Bills and said we are a playoff team and we want the division. Just a stud. He, it's not even like the stats, like he had a great game, but it's like some of the throws he made were unbelievable. Like cross body layered throws. He was dicing it up. Yeah, he looked very, very good. And like you said, it's against a guy that knows him very well. And he was just, he balled out. He balled out simple as that. My stud of the week is a guy who also balled out, obviously. But his first game back from injury, it had been a while. Big game. Big game. They got the Colts coming up on them in the division. The Niners could not stop A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is a man among men. He is He's very good, as the kids might say. He is. He was unstoppable. It, that game was the Niners and Titans on paper, but if you watch the game, you know that it was Debo Samuel versus A.J. Brown. Debo's a guy who could also have found his way on this list. Um, but A.J. Brown coming off of injury, primetime football game, and he goes out and puts on the performance that he does. He had 11 catches, 145 yards, and a touchdown. That's good any day, but when that's your first game back after multiple weeks off in the NFL, damn, you, you, you're good. You're good is what, is what I think the, uh, the answer is there. Um, unfortunately, there's also some people who aren't good. Um, well, you know, here's the thing. They might be, some might not be, but this week they weren't good. And that brings us to, the, the the negative aspect that we do have to talk about, the yin to the yang, we got to talk about duds. Dave, I'm going to start with you. Who was your dud? My dud is just overall, it's, it's the Chargers, man. You can't be vying for a playoff spot, making a playoff push. It, you already lost your division. You're tight. You're basically there in a wild card spot. You need to hold on. You need to win these games. And then you go and you play Houston and you lose. Look, there's been upsets this year. There's been the Bengals lost one to the Jets. The Titans have lost one to Houston and one to the Jets. You, know what I mean? but you <laughs> yeah. can't do it in the last weeks of the season. That's the difference, right? They, you come out one week and you play the Chiefs as tight as it gets to go to overtime with them, and then the next week you lose to the to the Texans. Like, if that's how you're going to be, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. So I guess Chargers, I guess, prove me wrong because that's, that's dud performance stuff. That's the thing for me, too, is it's like, yeah, you guys lost one earlier. Titans lost one earlier. There's been upsets every every week. Bills and Jacksonville, too, right? Bills and Jacksonville, yeah, Dolphins, Ravens. But it's like week 16. 
and everybody knows how close the AFC is. This one was, it, it feels almost disrespectful to call it a layup. It's easier than that. It was like, it was, this one was there. This was an easy win to get you ahead, and they just dropped it and gutted it up. Chargers, get it to fucking gather for real. This is how tight the AFC is. Is yep. this Chargers loss is puts them out of the playoff picture for now. Carve, your Ravens lost, and currently as we record this on Monday night, they have moved into a playoff spot with a loss. That's how tight this is yep. that things like this happen. Now, if Miami holds on to win, I believe they will hop you guys into that last spot, but yep. you can you can be happy for now. It's, hey, that's, it's how close, that's, that's how close this is, though, right? Because, I mean, yeah. the only reason the Ravens are there is because they beat the Chargers. But as we speak, the Dolphins look like they're going to win, and the Dolphins do win. They'll take that spot from the Ravens, right? These are all just tiebreakers. It's so close. Absolutely. It's, it's, I've never, I can't remember a season this close ever. Like, this is, this is insane. Um, like usually there's, there's like two teams, two or three teams for one spot, not like, oh, each division has five teams vying for a spot in the last two weeks, right? Exactly. Yep. Rich, who do you got for a dud this week? You talk about a team in the hunt for a playoff spot. When you're in that situation, you want to focus on the play on the field. Keep that locker room focused. When you're the general manager, you should probably work on keeping your team focused and not liking tweets about leaving your starting quarterback in Nashville following the loss, John Lynch. That's not a good look. Leave Jimmy in Nashville, John Lynch? Oh. I mean, for the the record... The message in the tweet was correct. Leave him in fucking Nashville. Yeah, you should probably leave him. <laughs> probably leave him in Nashville. But you're the GM. And, and, and uh, you know, they passed on Mahomes in favor of Solomon Thomas. Okay? So that's already like, ooh. And then they decided, nah. We'd rather have Jimmy G than Tom Brady when he was in his 40s, which, hey, a lot of teams thought that. And so now they're with Jimmy G. And it's almost like you got what you deserved, but you can't be doing that, John. Especially, John at, Lynch, especially at Midnight Mass. Yeah, John Lynch says, while he was at Christmas Eve Mass with his family, he accidentally and unknowingly liked this tweet. John Lynch, well, I'm, I'm, I, have a, I have a stamp for you, John Lynch, and my stamp only has three simple letters on it. S U S, sus, my guy. <laughs> Why are you checking your phone at mass? I don't believe you. Exactly. That's the real question here. Come on, John. You're a dud. You, you're a dud. That's what it is. And it gives me much pleasure in life. To be able to say that about this next individual, Rick, I'm sorry, you might want to plug your ears. I, I know there's a lot of people in our that run in our circles that are fans of this particular individual, but hey, Baker Mayfield, you are a dud. He's a dud. He is a duddy duddy. It's 
unbelievable. He, a couple weeks ago, it was like four or five weeks ago, the big question was, do you pay Baker? Do you give him the extension at the offseason? And it was kind of like, well, you know, you can't give him 40, 45 million and reset the market. But also, like, do you have a better option? And it was kind of this iffy gray area. I think the writing's on the wall. To I think it's apparent now. You you move off him because he is not the guy in a playoff. Like we just said, the AFC is so, so, so tight. You have a game where you lose, but you play so bad in it. You play so bad, and it, it it's tough because the guy he was playing against, if you looked at the QB comparison, was maybe the single most talented quarterback ever and probably the MVP again this year, which made it all the worse when you just see Baker Mayfield go 21 of 36, 222 yards, two touchdowns. Okay, that's not bad, and four interceptions. Listen, Lamar had a game. He threw four picks, too. We won that game. The only reason we won that game because we were playing Baker Mayfield. It is – you can't win in the NFL with Baker Mayfield. The writing's on the wall. His time is up. Baker, you're a dud. Let's let's even point out that his team, they lost that game by two points. In spite of Baker Mayfield, his team was almost good enough to win the game without him. And he literally is the sole reason they lost that game. Like, yeah, and and you could almost uh, you could almost say Kevin Stefanski is a dud because Nick Chubb in that game, seventeen carries, one hundred and twenty six yards, and a touchdown. And you said I'd rather have Baker double Nick Chubb's carries. I that's it's the thing if you can. It's tough with this year being a weird quarterback year. So, like, they might almost have to just give him his fifth-year option and then move on in the next year. But if you have anything better than Baker Mayfield, take it. Yep. Absolutely. That was, of course, our studs and our duds for this week. But this week, you know, we if you've been, if you've been listening for a long time, we started adding in a new segment. This week, you're not getting one. You think they're getting one segment? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Times that by two. We have two bonus segments this week's episode, and we will start with the first one. About eight, nine weeks ago on this show, we picked the awards at the midseason point. We didn't project who we think was going to get them. We said at this point in the season, who was the Offensive Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Defensive Rookie of the Year, and the MVP. And, and coach, today, and comeback. And coach, and comeback. Sorry, right. I forgot. All right, here we go. Seven. All right, tighten up. That's on me. But you know what? I'm going to pass this off to Dave. All right, boys. I got this. I'm, I'm the segment master for this week, once again. This week? You're the segment master. All right, all right. I'm the extra segment master here. So um, we, like I said, eight weeks ago, we picked these awards who we thought at the midpoint of the, of the season was going to get these awards. Um, now a lot has changed here. So we have the awards have been updated. It's been a long eight weeks. A lot has changed in these awards. Um, so we're going to, I have what we picked originally. And now I have the odds going forward as of right now of what the odds kind of are for who they, who the popular 
populace, I guess. Popular populace, yeah, great. Hey, who they think populace. is gonna who they think is gonna win the award and uh we'll we'll give our picks too. So we're gonna start off right now with what the one I think is the easiest one. Right now on the websites I found they don't even have odds up for it because they've declared a winner, I guess. And so originally defensive rookie of the year, we unanimously picked Micah Parsons. And according to the betting odds, that's going to be the pick because some sites have closed their betting on that awards. That's how sure they are that it's Micah Parsons. And does anybody want to go against that? Not a chance I'm going against that. (laughs) Is there someone close? Right. Like this is the like they said, the sites I saw shut down the, the odds. They're like, no, we can't take money on this because everybody's just gonna get their money. We know who's winning this, right? When yeah. you can argue that the rookie is the actual defensive player of the year, then you don't need to talk about the defensive rookie of the year. Right. And that's about that's yeah. Yeah, and that's where that is right now. So they've they've shut the odds down on that one basically on a lot of the sites and we're all going to go, Hey, the Lawrence Taylor comparable freak for the Cowboys, Micah Parsons, that guy's probably going to win it. And we'll just keep it at that. All right. So we already talked about one rookie. Let's jump right into the next rookie for offensive rookie of the year at the time before his dip in stats, we unanimously picked Jamar chase right now. The odds have Mac Jones as the favorite, Jamar Chase has made a little bit of a resurgence from how tight it was to be back in it a bit. And then farther off, like the third pick is Jalen Waddle, and way far away is Najee Harris. We'll start with Reese. What do you think? Who do you think is going to be offensive rookie of the year? Uh, I think this last game will, will hurt Mac Jones's chances at that, where they lose first in the division, uh, that spot. And I think if the Bills can stay hot, they'll keep that that spot and it'll be a wild card for the Patriots. And that's going to be a struggle. I think based on the end of the season, I'm going to say that it's still going to be Jamar chase. He's going to help that Bengals team to the AFC North title and hopefully go deep into the playoffs. So I'll stick with him as my pick. All right. Carve, what do you think? Who do you think is going to be offensive rookie of the year? Yeah, I think first of all, I just want to give a shout out. Maybe it's because it's just in my it's just my DNA or whatever. But if 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 the awards were at all fair for offensive linemen, Creed Humphrey and Rashawn Slater, you guys have been playing, you guys have been balling out of your mind, been playing excellent ball, one of the best centers in the league, one of the best left tackles in the league. Mac Jones did he Jamar Chase was runaway. Mac Jones caught up and I think surpassed him. But this last month, Mac Jones has hit a bit of a wall, hit a bit of a rookie wall. Uh, and for that, I think I'm going to go Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase's resurgence here, and especially, I mean, watching that Ravens game, obviously this doesn't go towards stats or anything, but or, or, or boost, necessarily boost his popularity in this contest, but um, the Ravens sold out to stop Jamar Chase. He ate Marlon Humphrey, an all-pro corner, alive the first time they they matched up there. Um, they sold out to stop Jamar Chase this week, and T. Higgins killed him, and Tyler Boyd killed him. And Jamar Chase still got his touches. Jamar Chase brings so much to that offense, and I think he's going to have a great last couple weeks. I think he's going to finish it out, and he's going to win the award. 
I want to go unanimously that we all agree and we keep the same pick. And I think I will, I will go Jamar for the reasons you set out for how dynamic he's made this Bengals offense. Um, But if, if in the last two weeks, Mac Jones pops off, there's going to be a violent dip in, in those odds again. And then I'd just like to shout out, man, like before the season started, when I picked the awards, I thought it'd be Jalen Waddle. And he's not going to win the award, I don't think. That seems a long shot. But, man, he's been really picked it up in the second half of the year. So I'll give him props. But still, Jamar Chase is as well as my pick. So those two awards, Parsons and Chase, we picked them at week eight, and we all still think that'll be the pick so far. Interesting. Interesting. All right. And then we'll we'll stay on the, the same vein of Owen, offensive and defensive. Offensive player of the year. These odds are like – Unlike MVP, these odds are weird. These odds are a two-dog race, and then just kind of guys hanging out behind them. There's Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup are a pick right now for Offensive Player of the Year, and then way behind Aaron Rodgers and Debo Samuel are way behind in the race. Originally, when we picked Offensive Player of the Year, Carve picked Kyler Murray. I picked Derrick Henry which I think was a great pick, but hey, it was. The, guys, the guys broke his foot. Yep. And Rich was straight on the mark with Cooper Cup. So, Rich, we'll open with you again. Do you want to keep your pick of Cooper Cup, or do you figure you want to change it? After watching Rams-Vikings this week, I'm not going to change a damn thing because Cooper Cup ate us alive. Um, Cooper Cup has done nothing but succeed what what's the stat only player with what was it 14 14 games over 90 yards over 90 yards in 18 games or whatever it is the only player to ever do that so for that reason I will keep him as my offensive player of the year Right. And Carve, I'm going to ask you now who you think your offensive player of the year is. And keep in mind that if you don't say one of the top two guys, you're probably wrong. All right. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, for that reason, I'm probably going to go with James Prochet. Uh, he pulled up a hell of a game against the Bengals, kept us in it. He was just reliable when we needed him. Uh, <laughs> I want that to be true, but uh, no, you know what? Almost for the same reason Rich said, but then again, the exact opposite reason we are playing the Rams this week. And by we, of course, I mean, flock nation. Fuck you, Cooper cup. You're incredibly talented. You're having an unbelievable year, but Jonathan Taylor is the offensive player of the year. He has the most rushes of 10 yards, 20 yards, 30 yards, 40 yards, 50 yards, 60 yards, 70 yards, and 80 yards out of any player in the NFL this year at each interval. It is the season he's having is crazy. He is, Dave, we talked about this at length um, yesterday watching, uh, I don't know, we're watching office. Um, Joe Mixon, second in the NFL in rushing yards, and he's not going to sniff Jonathan Taylor. JT is so far ahead of the pack. It's unbelievable. Um, JT is, is the bread and butter of the Indianapolis Colts. And, and, and for that reason, I'm going with JT. Plus, I can't, I can't feed into Cooper Cup's ego and have him go off this week. I need Daryl Worley at the top of his game. Yeah. So, I mean, 
there it's a two it's a two pony race in this one. I think I'm gonna have to side uh on Jonathan Taylor on this one. Just for the fact that well, I mean, I guess it's not most valuable player, it's offensive player, but I still think you know what I mean? Because without Jonathan Taylor, you're relying on Carson Wentz to Michael Pittman to carry you to the playoffs. But with Jonathan Taylor, he completely changes the dynamic of the Colts. He's a guy that is responsible for how the Colts can walk into a game against the Patriots and do what the Patriots do better than the Patriots, right? He's that kind of player. He's leading the league in rushing in all of those run stats. I think he has like, what, 15, 16, 17 rushing touchdowns on his own. Cooper Cup's having a great year. Absolutely, he is. And you can't take that away from him. He might win this award. He deserves it if he does. Mm-hmm. But we've seen the Rams offense be so dynamic with Cooper Cup being just a minimal part of it. Whereas Jonathan Taylor is the whole damn load for the Colts. So I'm going to take JT as well. Yep. Our next award, uh, we'll go defensive player of the year. And this one is the one that has the widest range of candidates in it, I think, that are have a shot of winning. Originally, when we picked this award, Carve took TJ Watt, which looks like a good pick. Rich had Miles Garrett, which until the last couple weeks looked like a really good pick. And I had Trevon Diggs, which I mean, it might still happen. But like I said, the odds of it not being the sack leader is like pretty low, right? Um, right now, the odds have Micah Parsons and TJ Watt tied as the favorites with Diggs. Aaron Donald, both fairly fairly lower under it, and then Miles Garrett and Nick Bosa as kind of longer shots. So those are kind of the main runners. If you guys want to think of somebody else, go hard with it. Carve will start with you, Defensive Player of the Year. This one's tougher for me. <clears throat> um. This, okay, so this one's tough. A lot of great defensive players in this league. I think at the beginning of the season when we did our – I don't think this was documented. Dave, I think it was just you and me. We did our early, early, before the season started predictions. I had Miles Garrett, and he's obviously a mutant freak. Um, mid-season took TJ Watt. Micah Parsons is unbelievably talented he's incredible he's so good and yeah the thing the the craziest part rich like you said earlier he's a rookie the the defensive rookie of the year is the favorite to win defensive player of the year that's who that's daunting um Devon Diggs obviously 11 I think he's at 11 now interceptions incredible guy's incredible um I, I think he is a little bit more I don't, I don't think he's as technically sound at corner as Micah Parsons is at his position or as TJ Watt is at edge rusher or whatever. Um, but you know what? We haven't seen it in our lifetime. I'm going to give it to the kid. I'm giving it to Micah Parsons. I think Micah Parsons is an absolute game changer, difference maker, X factor, any adjective you can think of to describe it. I'm going to give it to him. And I mean, let's be honest here. Whether I'm not saying that they're how do you measure their impact? Because TJ Watt's impactful as hell. As much as I hate it, as much as I despise saying that, he is an impact player. But you know, Mike Parsons has done more to win games for his team. And so 
uh, or and it's translated more, I guess I should say. So for that reason, I'm going to go with Mike Parsons. Mike Parsons gets a vote. Rich, what do you think? I think the storyline's too good for the NFL and for the voters to not make it Mike Parsons. I think we always, with these awards, want to look at the play on the field, and obviously Mike Parsons puts up the stats there. He's definitely probably well, he's definitely the best rookie really close, if not the best defensive player. So I think that coupled with the storyline is going to put the voters in a position to say, yes, Mike Parsons is the defensive player of the year. So I'll go with that. (laughs) I was kind of hoping someone would have something different to say, but like, I can't argue Micah Parsons because you look at it. Trevon Diggs isn't a good enough corner besides his pick numbers, I think, to win this award. Aaron Donald just hasn't had the season. Miles Garrett just has fallen off a bit. TJ Watt can't stay on the field. It's got to be Michael Parsons for the fact that he can rush the passer. He can drop into coverage. He's literally, for many reasons, the Dallas Cowboys have turned their defense around. But the biggest one is there's an absolute man freak patrolling and he's number 11 Michael Parsons I would vote for him to be defensive player of the year as well wow eh? sweep that one too all right the, the, the booth curse has given it's struck three times now <laughs> I don't I don't I'm scared for the next one because I don't uh, want this curse to be true all right we're gonna we're gonna go into this one which still to this to this point looks like a one pony race and I don't really understand why Comeback player of the year. When we picked this originally, Carve went safe and picked Dak Prescott, which is good, which is likely. And me and Rich decided to get spicy and both went Joe Burrow. So this week, both of these guys played incredibly, including Joe Burrow's fourth most all-time yards in the game has moved him up a lot farther than it was before. But Dak Prescott is still the heavy, heavy favorite. So, Rich, we'll go back to you on this one. Okay, so here, Dak Prescott's a heavy favorite. Joe Burrow's a pretty, pretty, pretty high second favorite. And then way far away, Nick Bosa and Carson Wentz are in the distance. Just to give you an idea of numbers. Rich, who do you think's winning? I'm still going to go with Joey B. I think you're in your second year. You put up a 525-yard game. Some analysts are calling you a top five quarterback in this league after tearing your ACL. Joey B all the day, all day. Like, will he win the award? I sure hope so. Dak's having a hell of a season. Even if he doesn't, he's my comeback player of the year. Love to hear that. Like to hear that more than you'd know. Carve, who do you think's winning this one? It's tough, okay, because almost in the same vein Rich said, where it's like Dak might still win it because, let's face it, he's the franchise star, the the quarterback of America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. It's Dak. His injury was talked about throughout not just – the NFL world, the sports world, it was everywhere, you know, and, and then Dak's contract is big. It's Dak gets all the hype and understandably he's the Cowboys quarterback. That's why, but 
you know, fuck, we're cursing it again. This is the kiss of death, but it's Joey B for me. Joe Burrow is having a better season than Dak Prescott in every statistical category. Joe Burrow is having a better season than Dak Prescott in every statistical category with a significantly worse roster or, or significantly more struggles, more things to overcome. You know what I mean? Like um, not a traditional winning franchise and Joe has been Joey franchise. That's it's Joe Burrow. He's the guy. Uh, He's absolutely balling out of control. And like Rich said, he's my comeback player of the year. I love to hear that stuff. I really, I do. I love it. I love Joe Burrow. I can't get enough of that guy. Um, But the idea of this segment is who do we think is going to win it? And the fact that a 525 yard performance didn't make him the favorite. It just moved him a little bit closer. Tells you really what you need to know that unless the NFL embraces the Bengals over the Cowboys, which won't happen, it's going to be Dak Prescott. And it's not that he doesn't deserve it because he's played well. And that injury was an absolute gut punch to the entire league when he went down last year. Um, he deserves it. I just don't think he deserves it as much as Joe Burrow. But I think the same reason we've been talking about the NFL can't help itself. And they're going to give it to Dak Prescott. But hopefully me cursing, me breaking the, 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 the sweep curse gives Joe a fighting chance. And if he doesn't win comeback player of the year, Joe Burrow's the kind of guy that's going to, not outwardly, but inwardly, he'll probably process that and take it personally and throw for another 500 yards when he plays the Cowboys. So hopefully uh, we get some of that. Yeah. They don't know that for sure. Well, we don't know that, but okay. All right. Here's one that has really changed a lot. Our next award is going to be coach of the year. And the odds of this one, fluctuate heavily week to week because there are so many candidates. Originally, when we picked coach of the year, Carve took my dud, the Chargers, coach Brandon Staley, which I mean, at one point you could really understand. Rich took Cliff Kingsbury, which was a good pick until the last three weeks. And, oh, wow, okay. And I took Zach Taylor, coach the Bengals, which is yeah. an okay, which is an okay yeah. pick. I, mean, I yeah. don't think it'll happen, but it's a, it's a decent little pick. Um, as the odds stand right now, according to this betting site at least, Bill Belichick was the leader and fell all the way down to slot four after this week's mm-hmm. loss to the Bills. The, the heavy favorites are Matt LaFleur's the heaviest favorite, Frank Reich has moved his way up into second. Zach Taylor, third, tied with Bill Belichick at third. And then in the longer shots, we have Vrabel and McVeigh, Mike McCarthy, Cliff Kingsbury, Sean McDermott, Brandon Staley, Andy Reid, and so on and so on. But the really heavy favorites are Lafleur, Reich, Zach Taylor, and Bill Belichick. So, Carve, we'll start with you here. Who do you think is coach of the year? Man, that's tough. There's some great coaches. I said it, I think, at, when we did this last time, and I'm going to say it again here. Shout out John Harbaugh. He's doing what he can with what he's got. But Yeah, he's like, he's like way low on the list, but he's yeah. there at least. Yeah. I, uh, I think 
this year, I'm going to go with Matt LaFleur. I understand that Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, likely the back-to-back MVP of the year. But Matt LaFleur is not – I mean, he was 26-6 and six in his career entering this year. He's, what, 36-7 and seven now? He is an unbelievable coach, it looks like. Um, and, I mean, at a point, yeah, I understand that wins are are – you know, subject, not subjective wins are a team thing. And I get that totally, but you have to coach your guys to be in preparation, to be in, you know, positions to be successful. And that's exactly what he's proven to be able to do. Um, Bill Belichick was another coach of the year. Bill Belichick probably could have 15 of these awards, but uh, I am going to give it to Matt LaFleur this year. Car switches up from Brandon Staley to Packers head coach, Matt LaFleur. Be more consistent, Brandon. Brandon, be more consistent, and I would keep you. All right, and then now, next up, we have Rich, who thought it was going to be Cliff Kingsbury. Rich, what do you figure now? I think I'm going to go Frank Reich with this one. I think the Colts have turned it on so much in the past few games. This team went from, I think, a bubble playoff team to immediately a Super Bowl contender. And I think that shows when you're a coach, you're getting your team wins at the right time. You're turning your team to a winning franchise at the right time. That shows that is worthy of a coach of the year. That's right. That is worthy coach of the year. That I was, I was honestly going to pick Frank Reich. I was going to, um, but because uh, Rich picked that, I'm going to go off off the off the train of agreeing and I'm gonna stick with my original pick. I'm just gonna say, hey man, when the Bengals beat the Chiefs this week and we go on to beat the Browns and we win our first playoff game in 32 years, Zach Taylor's gonna be coach of the year. This is a guy that dumped out all of Marvin Lewis's guys. He took a team that had was the fifth worst team in the NFL. He turned this into what's very likely gonna be a playoff team. It's gonna host a playoff game has Joey franchise cooking, has our offense cooking, has a good defense, man. He brought in the free agents we needed. Cheeto, Trey Henriksen, drafted Jamar Chase, man. He's got us going in the right direction, and I'm going to pick Zach Taylor. I said whether it's right or it's wrong or it's homer, yeah, it's a homer pick, but there it is, Zach Taylor. Love it. And here we go. He's great. He's doing it. And now we have the big one, the coup de gras of the awards. We have the NVP. So we had some interesting takes before before this one, um, especially on my own. I didn't like my pick for this one, as it turns out now. But before this, we had Carve took TB12 Tom Brady to be the MVP, which still very likely could happen. Rich took a little bit off the beaten path a bit and took Matt Stafford to be the MVP of the league, which he's in the consideration, not incredibly high, but in there. And I picked Kyler Murray and I, for some reason, drank a little bit of the Arizona juice on that one. He's not the MVP spoiler, but I mean, I can understand what I was thinking eight weeks ago, I guess. So right now the MVP is the one that, depending on what site you look at is the most like kind of big crapshoot. 
the one very consistent one is Aaron Rodgers is the heavy, heavy, heavy favorite. After that, we have a cosmic gumbo, you might say, of Jonathan Taylor, of Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Cooper Cup, Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow. But everybody's pretty far away if your name's not Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, or Jonathan Taylor. You're pretty far away. So we'll start with with, uh, Rich this time. Who do you think the most valuable player in the league in the NFL is? There was a reason that I picked Cooper Cup to be the Offensive Player of the Year, and that is because Jonathan Taylor is your MVP of the league. I just want to bring you back to the previous running back to win MVP in this league. You know him. You love him. It's Adrian Peterson. All day. All day, baby. Through the first 14 games of AP season, MVP season, and Jonathan Taylor's current season, Jonathan Taylor is about 300 yards rushing behind but he's about 110 yards up in receiving. And he's got nine more touchdowns than AP did in his MVP season. For that, for that reason, I am going to go Jonathan Taylor as the MVP. It's, it's hard to debate when you put the logic down like that. When you compare the last running back MVP, it's, that's a perspective I didn't consider. So that's inter- interesting. Carve, who do you think is MVP? The MVP this year for me is Aaron Rodgers. Um, no way around it for me. It's, it's back-to-back MVPs. He is playing out of control. It is unbelievable how good he's been this year. He is as accurate, as deadly, as lethal as ever with the ball. Um, his last... Five games, 16 touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's turning it on when he needs to turn it on. Uh, This year, so far, 68% completion, 110 QBR, 3,600 yards, 33 touchdowns to four interceptions. The same reason I slammed Baker earlier. The week Lamar, Lamar's season, you know, it, turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. You know the best way to put points on the board and to have your opponent not put points on the board is don't give them the ball. If they don't have the ball, it's harder for them to put up points. The Packers, Aaron Rodgers is just out of his mind incredible this year, and he is the back-to-back MVP. I can't argue that point because I think Aaron Rodgers probably will be the back-to-back MVP. The only reason I can add that besides you saying what you said is a, the Colts will make the playoffs, but they might not even host a playoff game. Whereas it's likely the Packers will get a bye. They'll be the top team in the NFC. And it's a story that the MV that the NFL, they can't, they can't resist a back-to-back MVP, a guy who is so controversial is the, all the COVID stuff, all the stuff if he's going to leave or not. And then he just comes out there and repeats back-to-back. The NFL cannot print money fast enough in its smallest market, Green Bay, but to have the MVP there twice. 
I think they can avoid it. Having a quarterback be MVP is kind of what this award has always been, which makes AP's season so impressive. And if Jonathan Taylor does pull it off, very impressive. But I think the NFL is going to take Aaron Rodgers, and he deserves it. There we go. Eight weeks apart. A lot has changed. A lot has, I mean, not a lot, but some has stayed the same. Yep. And that's our repick of the NFL awards. Man, uh, like there's, outside of defensive rookie of the year, there's at least two to three names in every single awards category that you can't argue with. Which is which is just awesome and shows the talent level of the fucking league right now. But that's our that's our one and only bonus segment this week. Oh, you thought wrong. We have Wait, a second. A second segment? I'm holding up one finger. Yeah. And I'm putting up another one because this is our second bonus segment of the episode. We just Carver, repicked. I can't wait. I can't wait. Tell me what it is now. You don't you don't want to wait? You don't want to wait? No, tell me what it is right now. I'm going to tell you what it is right now, Dave. Okay. We are going to a couple weeks back. We picked every team's X factor for the season. What was their thing that was really just providing them with that oomph, that extra fight, that that X factor, that unexplainable quality? And that could have been coaches, that could have been fans, that could have been whatever the case. This week, speaking of repicking the awards, speaking of the MVP, we are picking each team's MVP. This is each team's candidate who has been their most valuable player of the year. We are going to run through all 32. Fellas, without further ado, are we ready? We got to put a precursor on this. The last segment was completely thought out and planned. This one's a little more off the cuff, so we'll see how this one goes. And that's what we do best here. Some people might say, oh, the Booth NFL show, that's going to be a very scheduled, very rigorous and thought out and well-maneuvered, oiled machine of a show. And it is. But you would be surprised to know a lot of this is by the seat of our pants. And that's how we like it. Okay? Adapt or die. All right. So starting off, we have the Buffalo Bills. I think we can all agree on this one right now. Yeah. Josh Allen. Yeah. 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 Let's, if, if, if it's unanimous, let's not waste too much time because yeah. we know it's Josh Allen. The dude puts the team on his back. The guy runs around when he's in trouble, breaks out, makes plays, leads the team, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Next on the list, the New England Patriots. As you can tell, we're just going to go division by division here. The New England Patriots. This one's interesting. Are we going back? Because we can't we we can't do the X factor and say, Bill. You know. Yeah, I'm. For me, because that team is so solidly defensive first, I think the kind of signing Carve, you'll like this one. You know who I'm going to say. I think think the guy who's kind of changed the dynamic of that defense is the boy Matthew Judon. Matt Judon. I think Judon probably deserves it if I was to pick to represent the kind of the spirit of the new, the revived defense that carries that team. I would pick Judon. I think he has like 13 sacks or something right mm-hmm. now. Yep. Right. Like 
The guy's crazy good. The guy wanted to come to the place where defense is king, and he's made the most of it. Yeah, I uh, Matt Jones was actually my third selection for this. I had Matt Judon, and second, I was going to say J.C. Jackson, absolute standout lockdown corner. Oh, um, but I would go Matt Judon with this one. What do you think? I was going to go J.C. Jackson, actually, for this one. Uh, guy, like you said, lockdown, uh, second in the league in picks. I would go with J.C. Jackson, but we can we can literally just we can just Matt give Judon a slash too. like. You guys pick what you think, Judon, J.C. Jackson, slash J.C. Jackson, whatever. You guys pick when you're yep. listening to this and it hits your ears, you pick what you think is right. Judon or J.C. Jackson, moving on. This team is on a heater right now. They are playing, as we speak, the Miami Dolphins. Dave, who do you got? I think to because he represents – the the literal up and down swing of the team because he didn't start off very hot at the beginning of the year and he's absolutely turned on the Jets to cook at the time where they started to win games. I'm going to say rookie receiver Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle is a great pick. And I'm actually going to say Jalen Waddle as well. He's the best offensive piece they have there. Their running backs are a carousel um, and none of them are a viable, great, fantastic number one option. Uh, they have some nice receivers there, but rookie receiver Jalen Waddle, he's leading all rookies in receptions, I believe. He's, you know, he's to his first read. He can take a screen and pop it off. He's a deep threat. He can do it all. He's got unbelievable game-changing speed. I think Jalen Waddle is my MVP for the Dolphins as well. Rich. No argument here. I think it's definitely Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. Moving on this team, we have to find one. New York Jets. Um, my pick is honestly gonna be another rookie. Um, it's gonna be probably honestly, I think Michael Carter, the running back. Yep. Because, like, I don't know. If there's somebody on that defense that's standing out, definitely call me out. But I can't think of anybody I see more consistently than like, hey, another nice day for Michael Carter, right? That's the one that stands out to me when I think of the Jets. I mean, Michael Carter is probably – he's one or two. I'm going back and forth between him and Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is a rookie receiver. Again, a rookie. He's uh, he's really come on as of late. I think I might give the edge to Michael Carter. Um, but Elijah Moore is a name to note there. Uh, Zach Wilson just so far has not shown us anything. Um, and I understand the Jets are, hey, 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 I was there for the Sam Darnold years, okay? I'm well aware the Jets are a graveyard that ruins quarterback potential, okay? But you know, you like to see maybe some development or a guy get better. Well, Zach Wilson hasn't necessarily looked like he's been getting any better. Um, but Michael Carter has been has been steady in the backfield there. Um, so I am going to go Michael Carter as well. Yeah, I'm not going to – I mean, this is tough. This is picking a team MVP for a team that doesn't have an MVP. So <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll go with Michael Carter as well. Michael Carter <laughs> – by default, congratulations, young man. 
Moving on, we have the Cincinnati Bengals. Here is Joe Burrow for me. Is there any argument anywhere? Nope. I'm just going to list out some stats because I, I like this. We don't have to. We don't have to. Like no, because no, I, I think – Oh, Zoom might kick us out. Uh, we right might right now, the Bengals have 2,000-yard receivers in T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. They have a 1,000-yard rusher in Joe Mixon. Tyler Boyd is an 800-yard receiver at the moment. But, yeah, man, Joe Burrow has flipped that franchise from complete loser. If we make the playoffs, we're for sure going to lose the bungles, as people love to point out, to an actual contending team. And that's because on the shoulder, on the repaired knee of the main man, Joey Franchise. Joe Burrow. Moving on, we have the Baltimore Ravens. This one is, for me, this one, it was Lamar earlier. Lamar's been injured, and he hasn't played great in about a month and a half. It's Mark Andrews. It's Mark Andrews. He is 15 yards away from setting the Ravens' single-season receiving yards record that was set and has been maintained from the first year of the Ravens' inception in 1996. No one has broken the Ravens' single-season receiving record. And Reese, for $10 million, who said it? I can't even tell you who was on that team. It was, of course, wide receiver Michael Jackson. Uh, <laughs> it's Mark Andrews. Oh, yeah, it's actually Mark Andrews. 100%. No matter what is going on on that team, Mark Andrews is having 100 yards receiving perpetually and is just carrying offense despite anything else going on around him. That, that Ravens team plane was pissed off flying home yesterday, and Mark Andrews on the inside was conflicted because he was dominant. It, it, he's he's been great with Lamar. He's been great with Tyler Huntley. He's been great with Josh Johnson. He's just a great tight end. Um, unfortunately, we do have to cover these two teams. Don't know if they actually have any active players at the moment. I'm not too, I couldn't name one. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers MVP. Rich, you start us off. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's Najee Harris. I think I think he's the one bright spot. Right now, I guess you could go defense and say TJ Watt. I'm just a real Najee Harris guy, but now that I think of it, it's probably TJ Watt. That guy's, I mean, when you're up for defense player of the year, I think, and the you're the only me, bright spot on your team, yeah, you're, you're the MVP. Yeah, the thing for me is like TJ Watt is a guy that I, the offense kind of runs through Najee Harris, unfortunately. So I can understand that, but TJ Watt's the guy that makes the biggest plays of the game if they need it. If they have one, it's TJ Watt. So I'll go TJ Watt. Uh, no argument for me on this one. It'll be TJ Watt. Um, yeah, Najee Harris having a great rookie year, though. TJ Watt for me. Last. They were going to win the Super Bowl. They were going to be a dynasty. They had Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry and Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and Austin Hooper and David Njoku and a great O-line and Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. They were going to be unstoppable in their last in the division's low 500, the Cleveland Browns. I fucking hate this team. Just but This is personal and biased. I just don't like this team at all. Um, the MVP for me is Nick Chubb. Miles Garrett, you can you can make the case, but Nick Chubb is how that offense goes. 
for the, for the same reason you're saying I'd pick Chubb too, um, because the way that team wins games is ball control, and ball control goes straight through Nick Chubb. Miles yep. Garrett's been great, but he's not the guy, even though he has all these sacks, he's not the guy that makes the biggest plays of the game. It seems to still be Nick Chubb. Like, yeah, when you talk about an MVP, it's the guy who makes game-changing plays for your team. That's always at a disadvantage to the defense. So you got to go offense, and it's Nick Chubb. It is Nick Chubb. Moving forward. This one's interesting, actually. We have the Tennessee Titans. This one is very interesting. Because there was a clear runaway freight train of a human being and a team MVP and a league MVP favorite uh, in Derrick Henry. But he hasn't played in about six, seven, eight weeks. Um, I'm curious to hear where you guys go with this. Dave, I'm going to start with you. You're a big Titans guy. I know you like him. Who do you got for this one? As much as I want to go a different direction, I still honestly would say Derrick Henry because they still are coasting on the back of what they were doing while Derrick Henry was there. They've snuck a couple games out here and there, but it's almost despite themselves because they get so close and they've blown so many that I would still say, honestly, that's the production that Derrick Henry has had is still, they're still riding that right now. Yeah, I was, uh, I was actually going to talk you guys. I was getting ready to make my points to talk you guys into it still being Derrick Henry. Um, because like you said, he's, they go behind him. They go behind him. And uh, when that Titans team is rolling and Derrick Henry is, he looks like that unstoppable genetically engineered individual. They are unstoppable. They've proven that. And even though he hasn't played in a while, if they get him back for playoffs, and A.J. Brown's doing A.J. Brown things, and Ryan Tannehill can keep the ball in the hands of the guys with the blue jerseys and not out of not in the hands of the other colored jerseys, that's a scary-ass Titans team. Um, Eric Henry is about what? Mm, 60 yards away from 1,000 yards and hasn't played since week eight. He's still like top ten in the league in rushing, isn't he? He's number six. Oh yeah, so he's almost in the top top half of the top ten. Got it. Yes. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. He, he was still leading the league in rushing for about four weeks after his injury. About yes. a month after his injury, he was still leading the league in rushing. He was leading about a month after until I believe. The next guy usurped him and ran away, pun intended, the Indianapolis Colts. Is this three for three on this one? Do we do we need to talk about it? Is it JT? It's JT. I'm gonna it is JT, but I'd like to shout Darius Leonard for also just being a, a lunatic, because he is. He's great, but yeah, it's JT. Yeah. JT, uh Darius Leonard. Real defensive player of the year conversation can be had about him. Um Next up, these ones are going to be tough as well. This one, maybe not so much. We have the Texans. For me, this is a, this is a bad team, but you want to talk about a guy that has seized an opportunity? Davis Mills. He's the Texans MVP. Hey, Davis Mills, and I'm just going to say it. I think everyone's 
people are maybe afraid to say it. I'm not too sure. I'm just going to put it out there. Davis Mills has looked better than Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, and they're all rookies. And Davis Mills has looked better. And you could say, well, duh, duh, yeah, what are the Texans? We know the dumpster fire with the Texans. Davis Mills looks good. I'd like to shout Brandon Cooks to be another option. He, I, did he, I don't know if he missed some games. I can't remember. But he's been really good as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Rich? I was going to go Davis Mills as well. Just a guy who sees an opportunity. Kind of took advantage of what he was given. And showed out enough. Again, we're picking an MVP for a team with no MVP. But yes. that's Their, how this thing rolls. That's how this thing rolls. Their MVP is not available at the moment. Uh, moving on, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Rich, let's start with you on this one. Jags MVP this year. I don't even know. Who do the Jags have? I mean, dangerous game. You, you talk about a team, a team that didn't get to use the weapons they should be using because they had Urban Meyer as a head coach. Um, I'm just pulling up some stats here. You could say the MVP is Josh Lambeau. <laughs> Honestly. Um, My my vote's James Robinson. I was going to say James Robinson, despite being benched due to Urban Meyer's incompetence, still has 767 yards rushing and eight touchdowns. So, yeah, for for Robinson, absolutely god awful. I would pick James Robinson because he's carried the most. Uh, James Robinson is is awesome. Undrafted rookie last year sets the scrimmage yards record for an undrafted guy. And then on top of that, He's actually just fantastic at his job. Um, yeah, got benched for no fucking reason by that dipshit Aaron or Urban Meyer. I mean, he did um, fumble a couple times, but that's still a shitty reason to take your MVP off the field. Absolutely, and of course, prayers up, man. Like, just get that Achilles back back to a hundred for next year. Can't wait, you see, big dog. The last division in the AFC. We start with the now six consecutive. Division champion, Kansas City Chiefs. And the MVP this year is, Dave? Um, I know it's going to be fancy for everybody to go Mahomes, but my vote is even when Mahomes wasn't playing good, Travis Kelsey was playing good. My vote is Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to hop on with you there. Like you said, there was games where Mahomes not only wasn't good, but he was struggling. And... Travis Kelsey's just been consistently good. If it's not Mark Andrews, it's Travis Kelsey, uh, best tight end in football this year. Um, those two guys are back and forth. Travis Kelsey's just been consistent for a decade. Bitch. I'm going to join the bandwagon there and go with Travis Kelsey. Patrick Mahomes, honestly, are you taking calls for him then? Because clearly he fucking sucks. You heard it here first. Attach my name to it, okay? Okay, moving on, we got the Chargers. If it's not Justin Herbert, then rethink it. Yeah. Moving on, we have the Las Vegas Raiders. If it's not Derek Carr, rethink it. Moving on, we have the Denver Broncos. Um, if if it is Teddy Bridgewater, rethink it. What's <laughs> <laughs> that? Javante Williams? That's who I was thinking. Yeah. Javante 
Um, it's weird because, like, I think if you said who's their best player, certain right now. But he's been the best. I, just because he's been good at a corner, I don't think he's. it's but, worked through him the same way it's worked through Javante. That's what I mean. It's like, I think if you said who's the best player on the Broncos this year, yeah. I would say certain. But who's been the most valuable? Javante Williams. Right. Yeah. Yes. Javante Williams is a monster out there. Feed that. And then fired coaching staff. Moving to the other conference in the NFC, we're starting with Dem Boys. We saw them last night put on an absolutely fiery display. The Dallas and Cowboys. What do we got? Is it out of line to, to straight up just call a spade a spade and say it's been Micah Parsons? That's where I was going to go. Like, we can yeah. say Dak Prescott, but no, I think it's Micah Parsons. That is spicy as hell, but I'm going to dip my fries right in that sauce. It's Micah Parsons. Three for three. The Dallas Cowboys MVP this year is rookie edge linebacker, Micah, the God Parsons. Moving on, we got the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Devontae Smith playing really great. Miles Sanders playing really great. Jalen Hurts is the MVP of that team. Yeah, Yeah. I I would say, yeah. Dave, do you agree with Jalen Hurts being the MVP of that team? Yeah. He's he just seems like a guy that, you know, from day one on this planet, you know, was hey, seemed like it was special that day. That day. <laughs> Next up, we have the Washington football team. This one's interesting because going into the year, you probably could have been like, if we did this exact same poll at the beginning of the year, you'd want to say one of their D linemen, I'm assuming. Um for me this year, it's Antonio Gibson. That guy is a weapon out there. He's great. A couple good offensive line pieces out there, but nothing to write home about, per se. Um, I'm going Gibson there. What do you boys think of that? That's the way I was going to go because I think, I think in, in my opinion, Terry McLaurin's a better player than Antonio Gibson, yep. but that relies on the pass getting there. The coverage not breaking down, you know, the coverage staying solid, like on him has been often the old line not breaking down, Heineke getting it to him, right? So I would say consistently it's probably been Antonio Gibson. That's where I was going to go to. And lastly, like we said, how do you pick an MVP for a team that doesn't have an MVP? We're talking New York Giants. The New Uh, York Giants. My pick is off brand. My pick there's, is a little bit off brand, but it's no one on player. Him. It's one player who I think has been good start to finish on that team, which is rare to say. And he stands out in my mind and maybe my mind alone. But my pick is Xavier McKinney. Ooh, oh. I that's hey, that's a very interesting little take there. I like I've that. watched more Giants than I would care to admit for some reason. <laughs> for some reason, the Giants are a team that I choose to watch sometimes, and. The two safeties, McKinney and Logan Ryan, are guys that stand out, and I've just been really impressed with Xavier McKinney this year because that yeah. offense is atrocious. That offense is bad. It's it's not Daniel Jones. It's not Saquon. It's not any of their receivers they spent money on. It's not it's not the DB they gave thirty nine million to Adoree Jackson. It's not 
anyone. Xavier McKinney's an interesting one. My only other pick outside of that was going to be Andrew Thomas, left tackle. He's been, he had a very, very brutal rookie year. He had a lot of missteps. And this year he has completely changed his game and been a very good left tackle. Um, My argument for that, my argument for that is that, yes, but that offense is so bad. How can you give anybody on that offense the MVP when their defense is easily their better yeah, absolutely. That was the only. That was just the only argument that I, the yeah. only player I could think of worth a shit there. Rich, where do you where do you lie on this? I'll side with you there, Dave. I think that's a good pick that I wasn't thinking of, but I, I like it. Hey, Xavier McKinney, shout out, good job. Hey, good, good, good job. Good work there, Xavier. <laughs> moving on to the Packers. Moving on to the Vikings. Um. <laughs> Packers and Rodgers, by the way, just in case. But yeah, in case you in case you didn't understand that, it's it's Aaron Rodgers. Um, Vikings, Rich, we're going to defer to you. You know this team better than any of us. I I think it's Justin Jefferson for sure. Dalvin Cook's had a good year too. He's been injured a little bit, but Justin Jefferson is showing that he is a top receiver in this league. He's now broken the record for most receiving yards in your first two seasons. So. I'll go with Justin Jefferson there. Yeah, that, that was what I was going to go with, but I didn't know if everybody else was going to go with me. So that's good. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, yep, that is who I was going to say as well. Next up, we have Chicago Bears, the Bears. This one's also tough. It is. Mine might be a little off-brand this year, too. Every part of me wants to say Justin Fields. And someone standing on the sideline has prevented that, that I will loathe to the day I die. Hopefully, won't have to deal with him for too much longer. But my pick this year, a little off brand, but I am going to go with Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn has been amazing for that Bears team. He has. 17 sacks this year. Robert Quinn is their best defensive player. Khalil Mack obviously injured. Um, and Robert Quinn has stepped up. And there was the season that um, I think it was 2014 or 2013. Don't pull me when Robert Quinn was on the Rams. It was his breakout year. And you know, this guy was going to be a, a force, a threat to contend with. And he kind of disappeared for a while. He kind of was, you know, a good situational guy. This year, he's second in the NFL in pass rush or in sacks. He's only second. TJ Watt, half sack behind. Robert Quinn has been their team MVP. I was going to say, if it's not him, he, he was my pick as well. If it's not him, it's Roquan because that's like still like nearly a top ten defense for how abysmal that team is. Because mm-hmm. um, that's all this, on that side of the ball is where they pay their money. But yeah, I like Robert Quinn. He's a good pick. R- not even close to comeback player of the year or anything, but like nice comeback, my guy. Hey, we see you. We see you out there. Rich, thoughts? I was going to go the same direction. I think that's the smart pick. Next up, again, the same scenario the Detroit Lions, the MVP. For me, it's DeAndre Swift. Um, the only other guy that I would even think about giving it to is TJ Hawkins, who's a nice tight end. 
Yeah, I'd shout out Hawkinson and like Reeves Mabin. He's like a mm-hmm. pass rusher from he's been good too, but it's, it should be DeAndre Swift. Yep. Moving on, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're all we're all still Tom. Still Tom. Still Tom. Age forty four. It is still overwhelmingly Tom Brady. Uh next up. Uh, this game, maybe this would be slanted. I'm not watching right now. I think you guys both are, but, uh, they are playing currently. We have the New Orleans Saints. And, uh, Dave, where are you starting with this one? I don't even really know, to be honest with you. Like, I, I don't know the kind of year off the top of my head that Cameron Jordan is having. But it stands out probably on the defense because this offense is a mess. Like I said, I know there's a couple guys who have a nice amount of picks, but probably still Cam Jordan. Yeah. Um, like Cam Jordan's been great. Um, Marshawn Lattimore's had a nice season. Uh, CJ Gardner Johnson had a nice season. I'd probably still go Alvin Kamara. That's the that's the way I was leaning to Carve. This is a team where their M- X factor was easier because it's the coaching that's really impressive. Like Sean Payton, just the fact that they're five hundred is pretty incredible. Um, but I mean, I'm not upset with Cam Jordan either. Cam Jordan, Kamara. Yeah, I, I literally don't care. We can go Alvin Kamara. It's it's yeah. either way. I don't care. It's amazing uh, how this team lost Drew Brees and completely lost their identity, though. That's wild. Yep, absolutely. Uh, next up, I think this one's going to get some debate because I know two guys' stances on this. We have the Atlanta Falcons. Rich, who are you going? I don't know. I honestly, when you talk about like, I feel like it's every year I have a team where I completely don't watch. Yep. There's usually one team that I just don't watch. And that year it's been the Falcons for me. Yeah. Um, it's always easy to say Matt Ryan. He's always like not a winner, but always puts up the stats. Always feels like every other year he's like leading the league and receiving or in, passing yards or something, but I think I'll go Kyle Pitts. I really like how he's been playing. He's on the verge of being a thousand yard receiver. So I'm going to go Kyle Pitts. He's only a hundred and so back of the single or the rookie record for tight ends. So yeah, that's very good. Uh, the other name that I thought was going to spark debate here was Cordero Patterson. Um, yeah. Because I know someone loves Cordero Patterson here, and I know someone hates Cordero Patterson here. But Kyle Pitts is a great answer. Kyle Pitts is generational. There's the only way to put it. Dave, do you have any, any debate to that? Uh, I think he's literally taken the spot of what being the safety blanket for Matt Ryan that Calvin Ridley was. And he's been playing out of his mind, so I agree with Kyle Pitts. Yep. Uh, <laughs> next up, we got 
the Carolina Panthers, of course, head coached by Jay-Z himself, apparently. Um, Brian Burns. You know, heading into this season, there was a guy I wanted to pick. I said, no doubt, he won't even be the team's MVP. He'll be the league MVP. They might put him in Canton after this season alone. He might have the greatest statistical season we've ever seen. Didn't. Um, Ryan Burns is a good one. You can't say C Mac. DJ Moore hasn't really done a whole lot. It's going to be someone from the defensive side. And if you look at the defensive side, Ryan Burns is a monster on that edge. Um, I think we're all in agreement on B Burns. Yeah. Hey, you know, Rich. Start with you on this one. We're moving to the last division. We have the NFC West, starting with the LA Rams. Richie, who you got? Cooper Cup. Like, this dude is having an unreal season. We all knew Cooper Cup was a good receiver, but I don't think we knew Cooper Cup was this good of a receiver. And it just took Matt Stafford to show us. It, it's weird once you get a quarterback that can throw past the line of scrimmage what what guys can do on your team. Um, this isn't my answer because it can't be, but just want to say low-key, maybe the MVP of this team, Cam Akers, okay, for being ready. Like, obviously, this isn't it. But just want to give a shout-out to him. Cam Akers tore his Achilles, his Achilles tendon, in July. And he was just activated off IR. That is... I I don't think he's expected to be ready to go before the playoffs, but even that is just... Yes. Unreal. Um, Matt Stafford, a cup for me. You could say Aaron Donald, too, and that wouldn't... wouldn't get a lot of flack, but I'd probably go staff on this one because he was the key that unlocked it all. Um, but uh, yeah, Cooper Cup's great answer. Dave? Um, just for the reasons that when, when Rich laid out Cooper Cup, he said like, oh, who'd have thought it just took Matt Stafford to like get that out of him? And that's the reason why I would say Matt, Matt Stafford, Stafford. He yeah. kind of brought this out of everybody. I have no problem if it's Cooper Cup either. I don't, but my pick is Stafford. Next up, a team that was smoking red hot and hit a curb, sputtered, the car broke down, transmission flew out, wheels popped, windshield shattered, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray, for me, on this team. Um, James Connors having a good year in the back. He'll get a lot of touchdowns, but... uh, it's Kyler. Kyler makes that whole thing go. I kind of want to go Chandler Jones, but I know that's a side of the ball bias because it probably actually is Kyler. Yeah. But like yeah. also a huge shout, not the MVP by any means, but to two guys who have been great. Buda Baker's been great, still great. And then Zacherts has been unbelievably good since he got there. I'll shout those guys, but it's probably still going to be Kyler. Yep. Yeah, I was going to go Kyler with that one, too. Yeah. 
Next up, Dave, we're going to start with you. I know you've been clamoring to talk about them. We have the San Francisco 49ers. Who you got here? Um, it's, we can just go through I their really whole say, We can go through their whole roster and we each say something we like about every guy. Yeah, so there's two guys on that roster that are any good, and their names are George Kittle and Debo Samuel. But I figure probably – I think I think George Kittle's the better player, but as far as the most valuable player, Debo Samuel has just been the absolutely Swiss Army knife of that team. He's the utility guy that can play in the backfield, that can catch a deep ball, that can take a yards after catch. It's got to be Debo, in my opinion. See, I have a beef. I, I not a beef. I just have a I have a correction. So there's two guys on that team that were good. There's three. Nick Bosa. He's having a hell of a season. Um, but I will say yeah, yeah. it's Debo Samuel. It's Debo Samuel. Um, he's setting, which is a weird sentence to say, he's setting every receiver rushing record in the book. He is a Swiss Army knife, like you said. He's versatile. He's He's a guy that Bill Belichick stays up and dreams about, you know, and he's He's just a weapon out there is what he is, and he's a damn good one at that. Rich? Uh, no argument here. Like, that's – it's like, uh, how, can you, how can you game plan for a guy who's a wide receiver and a running back? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, last and low-key kind of least, not important, relevant, or – just anything Seattle Seahawks this this might be the hardest one for me because the guy that you normally would say hasn't been great I still think he is the most valuable though and that's Russ I'm getting some I'm getting some pushback here I can't wait because I don't think it's Russ this year I, I honestly think it's Tyler Lockett which is a weird sentence to say but even when they had who they have Geno Smith was in. The only yeah. dude that he that dude targeted with absolute confidence was Tyler Lockett. I think he's been the best player on their team. I want to say Bobby Wagner or Quandre Diggs because I like those guys a lot. But I think the most valuable player for every facet of the game has been Tyler Lockett. Yeah, I I would I could get that because Russell Wilson's been at openly bad. So and he hasn't played for a lot of the games, right? Exactly. Like the guy's been there day in, day out. DK hasn't been himself this year. That defense is historically bad. It's been Tyler Lockett. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Um that does it. We got through it, boys. All 32 teams, MVPs laid out there. Bonus segment. And of course, we know what it's time for. We know what we have to do. The task at hand. We got to pick them. We are currently not done the week, so we can't fully recap, Dave. I think you had another fire week this week. Uh, Rich, I think you did pretty good this week, too. Yeah, I got the record. So, scenario, Miami wins, holds on to beat Ian Book and the Saints. Um, Which, Carve. Dave, give us a quick, quick, how's Ian Book looking? Because I know you got, I know you got the game there. Man. Yeah. Okay. Both yeah. of it. As we speak, the Dolphins are about to, they're deep, deep in enemy territory, driving to score a touchdown. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. 
Uh, so yes, yeah, same Miami holds in on Carve. You had a nine and seven week. Uh, your record goes to ninety one and sixty seven. Okay. Pretty good. Okay. Pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. Good. Dave. Fire week. Twelve and four. Picked. Some of your picks were just hot as I was going through. Go aside from me and Carp. You were the only one who picked Buffalo. You were the only one who picked the Jets. You got both those dubs. Big wins over us. Puts your record to 98 and 60. Carve, I also, along with you, had a nine and seven week, uh, which puts me to 97 and 61. One game behind Dave there. Dragging the team down, but that's. Hey, coming, coming. Um, all right, let's uh, let's just get into it here. Um, we are starting off <laughs> the Rams. There's no, game. There's no Thursday game. There is no Thursday game. So this is yeah. every game is on Sunday except for the Monday nighter. <laughs> starting with the Rams coming to Baltimore. Take on the Ravens. Uh, not going to get cute. Not going to get funny here. It's going to be the Rams. It's going to make me sad. And that's what's going to happen. There's just too much dysfunction. Too many guys out for the Ravens, unfortunately. And it looks like the Rams are playing their best ball of the year. It's going to be the Rams. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. This is, I'm sorry, Carve. You guys are just in such a terrible position. And it's, it sucks. It sucks. You can say next band up, but you only got so many men. You only got so many men. Some of the guys have been on the team for seven days. So, I mean, it's, uh, it is what it is. Moving on, on Saturday, on Saturday, you guys had, you were down 12 players from your active roster. You had 12 guys missing. You didn't have enough guys. We can say next man up, but yeah, there's only so many guys. So there's literally only so many guys. Uh, yes. We have the dolphins in Tennessee. This is an interesting one. This is a spicy one. This is a important one. Dave, start with you. Um, it's tough because every fiber of my being wants to go to the Dolphins because of how hot they are. But then you see the kind of nasty stuff that AJ Brown can do to a team by himself mm-hmm. and that defense that they play. Um, for the sake of spiciness, I'm going to pick the Dolphins. But this is a pick that I'm not very confident in. Yeah. Rich? I'm going to go with you, Dave. I'm going to take Miami. I think I'm going to ride this heater with the Dolphins. I think with A.J. Brown, you can have some injury issues week to week. That guy feels like he's questionable every week. So I will go with Miami as well. This one is is iffy, uh, but... I'm going to go with Miami. I'm going to go with Miami here. I think Miami's going to get the win. I don't I don't trust Ryan Tannehill. I don't. And I've said that without Derrick Henry behind him, I don't trust Tannehill. And for that reason, I'm picking Dolphins because they have a stingy defense and they are riding a heater. So we are going to go with 
the Dolphins on that one. Next, we have the Falcons heading to Buffalo to take on the Bills. I'm taking the Bills. Rich, who are you taking? I'm taking the Bills. Taking the Bills. Dave, who are you taking? Bills. Hey, short, sweet, simple. I like it. Moving on, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars heading to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. I am taking the Patriots. Rich, who are you taking? Taking the Patriots. What's with the dumb games here? There we go. Dave, who are you taking? Patriots. Patriots. Sweet, simple, how I like them. This one could be interesting. I don't think it will be. We have the Raiders in Indianapolis taking on the Colts. I am taking the Colts. Rich, who are you taking? Taking the Colts. The Colts. Dave, who are you taking? Much to the chagrin of everybody listening, I'm taking the Colts. There we go. It's okay because next we have the Bucks traveling to New York to take on the Jets. I'm what is going on? I am taking oh. the Bucks. Rich, who do you got? I got the Bucks. <laughs> yeah, the Bucks. There we go. Okay. Next, we have the Eagles taking on Washington. Division game, close. A little more competitive. <laughs> I'm going to take the Eagles, though. I think Jalen Hurts will find a way to get it done in Washington. And that's where I stand. For the love of God, I'm trying to make this one sound interesting. I still think the Eagles will win. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's where I'm going with this one. Rich, where do you where do you see this one going? I hate it because for the Vikings' chances to make the playoffs, we really need the Eagles to lose. But I don't think they're going to. Look what Washington did last week against Dallas. Now it's going to be the Eagles. Yeah. Dave? Yeah, the Eagles. Oh, my Eagles. gosh. Hey guys, what are we doing? It, you know what we're doing, man. We are following what the schedule tells us. We we can't lie. We can't lie here. We can't avoid the truth or anything. We just have to say it like it is. This next game, unfortunately, is going to be hard to pick, but not for a good reason. We have the Giants in Chicago. <laughs> I'm gonna pick the Bears. Rich, I'm gonna pick the Bears. Fuck it. Uh, I can't, man. The Giants are so bad. And I can't pick that. This this is a game that had Robert Quinn versus Xavier McKinney as our MVPs. Let's just put that out there. This one almost doesn't count as a loss, however you pick it, because who gives a shit? Um, Well, we know certain Giants fans will give a shit, but I am going to go with... Right now in my head, it's my love for Justin Fields and my absolute disgust for Matt Nagy battling out. And I am going to say Justin Fields will find a way to win. We're going the Bears. Okay. Okay. Now here's where we might get some good talk. Dave, we're going to start with you on this one. The Chiefs in the jungle in Cincinnati taking on the Bengals. Dave, start us off. Yeah, and I know the kind of underdogs we are, and I know, um, hey, man, I'm not even confident saying it, but I literally won't pick against the Bengals. I haven't all year, and I continue. I will never pick against the Bengals. 
as far as this podcast goes. So I'm going to pick the Bengals to prove what kind of team we are and to clinch our spot in the AFC North. I love it. I love the, I love it. I love it. I love it. Rich, who do you got? I'm sorry, Dave. I've been riding your Bengals a lot this year, but this is a hot Cincinnati team. They are hot at the right time. The only AFC team to clinch a playoff spot so far. So I will go with Kansas City. Yeah, I am sorry. This isn't out of spite. It's just I'm going to take Kansas City here. I, it's, it's business. I get it. it it's strictly business. Um, moving on. Divisional game. The Broncos in SoFi taking on the Chargers here. Um, Rich, bouncing it to you here, man. Who do you got? I wanted to ride with Denver so bad this season, but this team has given me nothing but lack of faith. And I know the Chargers had a real bad loss last week, and that might honestly help them bounce back. I'm going to go with the Chargers. Dave? I don't trust Drew Locke to do anything revolving in a football field. I don't trust him in any way, shape, or form. And I know Justin Herbert's good to have a bounce back, so it's going to be the Chargers. Yeah, I think the Broncos beat the Chargers earlier this year. So I'm going to say they split the season series. Um, bounce back, like you said. I think Herbert and Staley know the importance of this game. Um, so I'm going to go Chargers here too. Next up, we got the Texans and the Niners. Fuck me, this schedule, huh? <laughs> this schedule. If, if you're going to pick the 49ers, say I. I. I'm not. I'm picking Houston. Sounds like we're probably not going to have Jimmy G playing for the Niners, so. Oh, yeah, I forgot I, to say that. <laughs> also, in my heart, I know that we need the Niners to lose as Vikings fans to make the playoffs, so I'm going to will it into existence. Yep. Hey, I mean, I love the faith. I love the faith. Maybe Davis Mills gets it done. We never know. We'll see what he can do. Um, Next up, big game. This might be one of the games of the weekend. We got the Cardinals. Yeah. I took the Niners. Okay. He said, say I. Oh, yeah. 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 Niners. Okay. Yeah. Um, we got the Cardinals in Jerry World taking on the Cowboys. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury is what, 0-3 or 0-4 now in, in playoff clinching games? And I still think that first win will elude him again. I'm taking the Cowboys at home. Uh, they've also already clinched, so. Okay, but they, they clinched without winning, right? Yes. Yeah, so both, like they, both these teams have clinched. Yes, yes, but like he still has never controlled his own fate. Like he's never taken right. Yeah, taken control of his own fate. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, Cowboys for me. Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys. For me too, I think Cowboys. they're they're a better team. They want the one seed, right? Yep. Exactly. I think Arizona is just not hot enough to beat Dallas right now either. You can maybe ride momentum into that game, but you have none. 
Yep, absolutely. Next, we have an absolute barn burner. We have the Lions in Seattle taking on the Seahawks. Um, it's getting hard to be excited about these games, but uh, you know what? Jared Goff said, why not win the next three? And then they lost. But I'm saying, hey, why not win this one? Seattle, terrible. If I was Russ, I'd start throwing games to say that Pete Carroll told me to to get him out of town. Um, I'm going the Lions here. Boys, how are we feeling about this? I just don't think I can pick the Lions. I hate both of these teams for the way they've played this year, but I'm going to go with Seattle. I'm going to get on board with the kneecap biting and say that they bite Pete Carroll all the way out of his job. I'm going to take the Lions in this one too. Boom. The last game of the early windows, we have the Panthers in New Orleans taking on the Saints here. Um, I'm going to take the Saints solely because you don't get to compare yourself easy if your name's Matt Rule. And also, rotating and starting two different quarterbacks in a game has literally never worked. Um, and he seems to, and he came out and said, it's working. Everyone just doesn't think it's working. So of course the general population is the, are the idiot on that. But uh, yeah, that rule. <laughs> Ooh, let's see how far he can collapse. Uh, I'm taking the Saints here. Rich. I'll hop on. I'll hop on. All Saints. Oh, yeah. I'm hopping. Yeah. When the Saints. Saints, when the Saints come marching in, is right. Rich, I defer to you first. We have the Viking in prime. Kirk Cousins in prime time, headed to Lambeau, taking on the Packers. Rich, floor is yours, my man. I can't. It's, it's the Packers game. We're going to Lambeau. I'm not going to pick against Minnesota. Like, I'm going to pick them. I'm scared shitless. But I'm going to pick them, Minnesota. This will be an absolute statement win if you get it. Um, unfortunately, I don't think you will. So I'm going to take the Packers with my pick for coach of the year and MVP. Um, I'm going to say the Packers will will find a way to win. But I think the boys put up a hell of a fight. I just think that the uh, Packers will find a way to get it done. Dave? I'm straight up. Um, the Packers for me have been too close to losing too much that this is the game where it's just, it's, they're not going to be able to squeak out that two point win that they've been clinching on for a couple weeks. Now the Browns are a bad team. They didn't have any way, shape or form to beat the Packers. And they pretty much did despite four turnovers. The Ravens had a backup quarterback in and almost beat the Packers. The Vikings already beat the Packers once this year, and this is their season on the line. I'm going to take the Vikings. Get your brooms out! (laughs) Season. That is incredible. That is fantastic. Wow, love that. Rich, you have to talk about this next one first by law. Uh, Monday night, (laughs) Browns in Heinz Field. Taking on Pittsburgh. I don't give a fuck what happens. Honestly, not, this is oh. these two teams suck. Okay, and here's the thing. I understand I understand the Ravens. Hey, are hey, hey. Back. You talked about the law. You <laughs> yeah. said I gotta talk about this you first. Talk about it first. I'll let you carry on, yeah. but I gotta yeah. be the voice of reason this for is, the AFC yeah. North pod, podcast here. Sure. Sure. Um 
They're, they both suck. Now, I'm going to just repeat what you said, though, but they both suck. These teams suck ass. I don't want to watch them play. I feel like if when you're Rich, Cleveland... When Rich hops on the AFC North <laughs> hatred of the Browns and Steelers, it makes me so fucking happy. My thought here is Cleveland can almost beat Green Bay when Baker throws four picks, so they're going to beat Pittsburgh when Baker inevitably throws four picks. So I'll take Cleveland. Dave, who do you got? Here's the thing. This is like an elimination game for these two teams. And we already swept the Pittsburgh and we lost one to Cleveland and we played Cleveland the last week of the season. So the Steelers could do the Bengals a massive favor if they just beat the Browns this week. <sighs> I'm going to try to manifest this into destiny again, even though I don't like it still. The same way I'm manifesting that the Vikings and and the Bengals win, I'm going to manifest that the Steelers give Baker Mayfield one more slap in the face and get revenge for that loss they had in the playoffs last year. And I pick the, somehow these idiots with the terrible towels get it done. I don't know how, I don't know why, but they somehow will. Yeah. I'm uh, honestly, I'm rooting for Bane in this one. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the Browns will get a dub. Let's go, Browns. Go, Browns. Uh, I think they'll get the win. Partially, I, I don't have enough analysis because I don't care about these teams at all. I want them nothing but bad fortunes. But um, I hope they die. I, I yeah. I, I hope uh, they die. <laughs> I hope I bad things to happen. But um, maybe if we're lucky, Miles Garrett or or uh, Big Ben. He throws one and Miles Garrett swats it and Ben goes, ah, fuck. And Miles Garrett says, what'd you say? And he takes Ben's helmet off, hits him in the head, ends Ben's career prematurely before Baltimore does it for him. Um, We can only hope, but yeah, I'll take Ben's dog pound, I guess. I think the best case scenario for this would be a 0-0 tie. That would be the best case scenario the NFL. The NFL would never put them in a primetime game again, and that would be awesome. If it was a oh, – please let it be a 0-0 tie. That would be absolutely incredible, but not a 0-0 tie where it's like both these defenses are just incredible. A 0-0 tie where it's like fumbles and slipping and interceptions and just misery all around. Like I want this to be the game where people have a highlight reel and it's like the weird like carnival sounds like – when yep. it, like, something happens. Yep. <laughs> yep. You're right. <laughs> I want the one. I want the sound effect where, like, Baker's trying to scramble. Goes, and he can't get his. He can't get the traction. Like, I want to see a throw where Ben throws a ball and it just lands short. Wah, wah, wah. I want to see yeah. Baker Mayfield throw five picks and be the best quarterback in the game. <laughs> For real, like, and then like legit have Miles Garrett and TJ Watt have a fight at center field for no reason. Yes, and Ben and Baker, too. Um, We should do an extra segment next week just called I Want to See and talk about the things we want to see when the Steelers and Browns play in prime time. (laughs) Um, We could go on right now, but that would be too long of a podcast. But 
those are the picks for the week 17 games. Two more weeks, boys. Two more weeks. And with the way the season's going, like week 18, we're not going to see too many teams resting starters. They're all going to be competing. So should be competitive down to the last game of the season. But thank you for rocking with us. It is it has been a pleasure as always. Um, didn't get one done last week, so a little extra long holiday bonus special here. Um, of course, hope you had a happy holidays. Um, hope you had a great, great time off with the family, with your friends, lots of food, lots of presents, lots of laughs, lots of good times there. Nothing better than that. And of course, have a happy and safe new year. Um, 2022. Just got to make it better than 2021. And the bar isn't, bar's not very high. Um, should be able to get it done. Uh, of course, like, share, subscribe, go buy merch, go tell your friends, go listen. And after you're done listening, listen to it reversed and then listen to it forward again. We expect three listens per person. That's what we want. Um, we appreciate each and every one. And as always, we'll see you next time.